to the What the Fork Sunderland preview show. The Michael Beale era begins this Saturday as we welcome Coventry City for a Christmas clash between the two sides that really pretend to hate each other but don't really. I haven't completed my Christmas shopping yet and I really should be out buying things but as always I am sitting here with my mic ready to preview Saturday's game with the excellent Ross from Sky Blues Extra. Ross, Merry Christmas, how are you mate, you okay? Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Matt. I'm okay. How's uh, how's things for you? Looking forward to the uh, to the Beal regime, as I've seen from Sunderland all over Twitter. It's uh, looks like it's a bit of mixed opinions. I actually spoke to my mate who I mentioned to you, obviously privately, who's a who's a Sunderland fan, and he's actually quite willing to give him a go. And we we operate a bit different to Rangers. He's coming as a head coach, not a manager. He was like, so that might suit him more. So he said, I'm not ecstatic by it. He said, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just get behind him and see what he can do with our young team. I've got um, everything crossed and not much hopeful, mate. But I mean, I've been proven wrong before <laughs> and I'll be proven wrong again. Um, in terms of Coventry, we'll start straight from the top. I think a difficult yeah, season in sort of many ways for you because obviously uh, you lost a lot of players, which are going to come on to you. But uh, just one defeat, I think, in the last seven. So we'll look at the last match first. Bit of a bad tempered one by the end of it. Uh, but a draw will lead to Ellen Road. How was the performance? How was the game? Yeah, I went, mate. It was a um, really good away day, actually. Obviously, Leeds, historic ground. They've got the uh, Billy Bremer statue outside. They're a, they're a big club, aren't they? Got a lot of history, etc. So it was a, it was a good away day. It's one sort of everyone looking forward to right before sort of Christmas. We were on a better run um, and touching on that sort of. We've only actually, I think someone, a cough fan said a stat. We've only from last Christmas to this Christmas, sorry, we've lost three home games in a year. We lost to, I think, it, I can't remember who the first one was. I think it was Norwich last year. That was the start of December. Then we lost to Stoke around April time. And then we obviously lost the home to West Brom. But we've only lost, I think it's in 26 games, we've lost three home games. So our home form's actually pretty solid as well as a team, to be fair. Although we we probably don't win as many as we should. We don't we don't lose ultimately, which is a good stat to have. But yeah, it was um it was a good game, mate. They're a good team. Obviously, they've got Premier League players, they've got Patrick Bamford. I mean, I spoke to couple of their fans are after the game as we were leaving the ground couple of and they said he's on about 75 grand 70 grand a week and he's just he's just sat on the bench mate like he come on for about 10 minutes I thought god Hadji Wright's probably our most expensive play player I think he's on about 25 grand so you're looking at about 50 grand difference just for a, a benched player like mm-hmm. you you know they moaned about how we played but ultimately I don't think they realized that we were so good last year because we were ultimately a transition team. Like Kieran McKenna, the Ipswich manager said, he said, if you want to look at transition and a transition team, the best team in the league at our calf, we are the best team at transition football when it comes to box to box, using the whip, transitioning on teams. We probably, when we are on it, are the best team in the league at doing that. And we can kill anyone by doing it. So, I don't know what Leeds fans were expecting. Yes, we're trying to play a lot more this year, which we are, but ultimately we don't have £50 million players still, £40 million players just sat on the bench or starting. Yes, we've spent a bit of money for, for us, but we're not anywhere near their level in terms of depth and money, et cetera, that they've got because they've only just come down from the Premier League, which they were in for like two or three years. So I don't know what they were expecting from us, but we went there with a game plan, which was obvious, was to try and see the game out as long as possible and then nick it if we if we could. And obviously we went a goal down and it was funnily enough, we were asking for the changes. And then as we were about to make the changes, we were about to pull off Jay De Silva, who was playing left wing in that game. Um, and I can't remember really, I think it might have been Jamie, not Jamie Allen, it was someone else who he was bringing off. He scored the equaliser just as we were about to make those subs. So they're a bit of, 
of a, I don't know, mate, they're a, you can tell they're a very entitled fan base afterwards just by how they acted on Twitter. Like two of their players, Gnonto and Somerville, started absolutely crying and refused to shake our players' <laughs> hands along with a couple of others. I mean, I watched Joe Rondon do it for them, their centre-back. Sims went to shake his hand and he just walked straight past him and refused to. So they acted like babies, mate, and they got, they got themselves into that predicament. So, yeah, in terms of the game, it was... We went there and did what we ultimately needed to do. And we took two points off Southampton and Leeds. And chances-wise, we did have good chances and we probably could have nicked both games. Going into this, we are in a good good vein of form. The only team we've actually lost to was Ipswich. And we could have actually got a point at Ipswich if we didn't miss a penalty. Probably if you'd have spoke to me six weeks, seven weeks ago, <laughs> we're in a much better uh, state and we look like we're a team that are starting to gel, mate. Looking back at the the summer, I think I kind of half mentioned it and yeah, you have improved, but look, you're losing Jokeres, who I think we've all seen has gone on to do what he's doing at the minute and then what Gustavo Hamer, yeah, outstanding. Um, then Gustavo Hamer's gone to Sheffield United, which might be a bit different, but still a big player, both, yeah, both big player. massive in that run to that playoff final last year. The start of the season, I think it was just two of the opening nine games you won, which obviously have come yeah. off the back of a defeat on penalties in the playoff final. Not great. How much did the loss of those two affect the beginning of the season? <laughs> I'll be honest, mate, massively. You you can't lose a player of, of Jokeres' no. standard and ability and, and Gustavo Hamer's ability. I mean, we you you probably watched the uh the Leicester game, the first game of the season when we played them, we should have actually beat them. And Hamer played in that game. And for 65 minutes, Drewsbury Hall and Deedee and Winks didn't really do that much. The minute he went off injured, different game, completely different game. And that tells you the standard of level that you have when you have someone of Hamer's ability and then you drop. And it's no disrespect to players like Eccles and Allen who play for us. They're, they're decent players, but they're not that good if that makes sense they're not that cutting edge level and I'll be honest if there's the one area that we have to sign a player that Coventry fans have been screaming for since the summer before it's shut that we need we need a central midfielder that can play next to Ben Sheaf somebody of not hate not the same as Hamer just someone who who has that incisive passing them you know someone that's just is very good at what they do like a John Swift type player or a mm-hmm. Matt Grimes type player in this division someone who is just good at what they do do I think we'll start to really see a much better team because we've now got your O'Hares and your Palmers etc back in who can play in those little pockets we've got Sakamoto and Hadji who can play on the wings you've got Sims who ultimately yeah, he hasn't set the world alight but you can see his games now starting to improve and I'll be honest it's the one area that people slagged him off for at other clubs we've not seen other clubs said well he'll score a couple of goals but he hasn't even done that for us I think he scored two against QPR and that was it but his actual hold-up play is now starting to become a lot better. He's starting to do that side of the game a little bit more, which for us is a positive because everyone else said that side of his game was basically naff. And at the start, it was non-existent. And he is a frustrating player still at times. He will stand still, but he's starting to learn just little adjustments to this division and how we want him to play, which as a 22-year-old is a, is a massive plus for us. And hopefully the more we go into depth in the season, the more... He's going to play and ultimately he's not had a big run of games in the team. He sort of played two, maximum three, and then been shipped out and been on the bench for a while. Yeah, it's losing players of that calibre pretty much is, is, it'd be like you losing Jack Clark and Patrick Roberts. You know, you can't, you can't lose two players of that 
ability like Jack Clark is is an unbelievable player at this level his ability on the ball is is frightening he's he's the one player that I I, I don't want us to play against on on Saturday because I know he can just cause anyone damage in this in this division on his day and it was the same with Jokeres and Hamer you knew if you caught them on a bad day they could turn it up against you so losing players like that mate is is always going to be difficult but we have reinvested and we've We've reinvested in a team rather than individuals, and that was the big adjustment. We all trust Mark Robbins. He's he's a goat for us, mate. There's there's no dispute, and I think any club can say what they want about us as a football club, but they'd probably rip our hands off to have had a manager as long as we have. I mean, he's been with us seven, going on eight years now. The stuff he's done, he basically pretty much saved us, mate. We wouldn't have been a football club if it weren't for the man, ultimately, the way we were going. So even when it doesn't go right now, I think we'll go for another bad patch, if that makes sense. But yeah. I think the fans will stick by it more because they've seen the good side of it. Whereas before, we haven't seen the good side. It was just negative, negative. It, it's it's a difficult transition, mate, I'll be honest. And it's taken a lot of time. And like Robin says, we don't ever sign the finished article. We always sign players. Sims is a classic example. Sims is bought for five million, but he's not the finished article. He's someone that over years is going to gradually improve. improve. Jokeres and Hamer are a classic example. They weren't that good when we first signed them. We made them into a good player, if that makes sense. So we've got to trust and stick by these lads. And in two, three years, whenever it may be that they blossom, they could probably be at that same level that we were with the previous team that just got to the playoff final last year. So, yeah, it's it's interesting times, mate. But that transition is always is always hard, as you touched upon. I want this to dig into to Sims a bit, because I was looking at, like, when you look at a striker, the first thing you look at is goals and assists. First yeah, thing you look at. Ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I looked at Sims when he was at Sunderland, seven and 17. Um, and it's funny you mentioned before, like, if you'd, I, I thought people seen him as a target man and he was nothing but a finisher and a good one at that, to be fair, at this level. Yeah. But then you look at what he's got at Coventry and two and, and 22. But I don't like to just look at stats if I can avoid it. So you go on the forums and you look and you search for Ellis Sims and you say, right, what are people saying? And outside of one or two little gripes, Coventry fans do seem happy with him. Is that because he's gone from being someone who you might have expected to have the same level of form as what you had with Sunderland? Because you always think, you know, we'll just continue on where it is. But you can see a progression in him. He's got progressively better as opposed to progressively worse. Yeah, it's... Every, I'll be honest, mate, every club has fickle fans, but Coventry, we are very, very fickle. And the one thing that you cannot accept, especially with what we've built as a club, is players who don't run or look like they just aren't really interested or if they're not fit. And ultimately, if you're not delivering by, even if you're unfit and not playing well, but you still put the ball in the net, like you said, it shuts people up because you're scoring the goals. But if you're not doing either... That's when people start to go, oh, you're a donkey, you're this, you're that. And he has had periods where he's done some awful first touches and he looks like, I call him Krusty the Clown feet at times. He does look like Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons. (laughs) Like He'll do a touch and it'll just balloon off his foot. But then he's also now started to show signs He's a big boy. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's about six foot three. He's massive. Mm-hmm. So if he uses his body, and he's probably still growing, don't forget. He's still only 22. He's not 24, 25. He's still growing. So if he develops and becomes a lot bigger and knows how to use his body, he'll be a very good asset of a player to have at this level. And ultimately, we've just got to accept that we're going to get stick for him. He's going to have stinker games, and he's not going to play well. But... We've got to trust with Robbins. Yes, he's not going to be like Jokeres. He's a totally different player. But Robbins got 
that version of Jokeres out of him that no one else could. We've got to trust that we're going to get the Sims version out of Sims that Robbins will bring out of him. And ultimately, that is what I am basically allowing myself to happen. So although he frustrates me, you do fucking now Sims at times, you know, he's one of them players, but you have to suck it up. And you're quite similar to us, I think, in that sense, that you have quite a young model, mm-hmm. especially under Mowbray. He was very similar to Robbins in that sense. But obviously he went for extremely young players, like 18, 19, whereas we go for 22, 23-year-olds that we try and then develop into sort of finished articles. So it's a similar model. So I think you can understand that sometimes you have them players that you know you can see a player in there and I'm not saying Ellis Sims is going to be a world beater but you can see that he's going to develop into probably a decent championship level striker at some point he said himself in an interview on uh, BBC Coventry and Warwickshire we played Southampton actually he played all right he said I'm a confidence player I'll be honest he said if I'm confident I'll do well he said if I've got no confidence I won't play well he admitted that himself after the game so ultimately I'm sat there thinking well if you if you've got no confidence and we're booing you you're going to play terrible then, aren't you? And if you if we're moaning about it, whereas if we get behind you, you're going to get confidence eventually because you're going to think, well, these people are backing me every week. Once something just drops me and happens, the world's going to just come at his feet. I don't wish him luck on Saturday, but I do wish him luck in general. I like Sims and <laughs> yeah. me, but um, with that sort of upturning form you've had, the league's still tightish. There's starting to be more of a gap than there maybe was two months ago, but you're nine points off the playoffs. That's... In yeah. the championship, that's a week of games sometimes. Yeah. Um, you did it last year in a more difficult position. Um, how confident are Coventry fans that you can repeat that last year? Or is there not as much expectation because of the players that you lost year? You're, you're happy to see improvement. It doesn't need to be the playoffs. <laughs> you know it as well as we do. Every club, again, has clueless fans and they have level-headed fans. And the level-headed fans will tell you. I said to you at the start of the season, and I've said it all along, I thought we'd get mid-table anyway this year. I said, this year, mm-hmm. I don't care about the playoffs. If we don't get it, it is what it is. We've got a brand new team, let them settle. And then next year, we'll identify specific targets and then we'll kick on from next year. And the pressure will be playoffs next season we must get into the top end of division whereas this year it's not it's just about solidating so to finish 10th 11th it really wouldn't phase me if I'm being totally honest although you don't want to admit that but we know where we are as a football club and we're completely restarting with a whole new team so ultimately if we get in the playoffs we'll have done very very well because to have a whole new pretty much starting 11 bar a couple of players in, in your team to then get into the playoffs of the championship, which with all the teams that are in it and the players they've got would be would be some achievement. So I'm not expecting us, but it would be nice if we could put up a little challenge, even if we don't get in, but we're staying in around there and we give a good account of ourselves and see where we end up. And like I said, we're not we're not actually too far off. I think we just need a couple of positions. We the the must, must, must for us is a proper number eight. We must sign a proper number eight. And I'll be honest, we have got money and we've got quite a bit of money left over anyway in terms of revenue and stuff that we've got. But from the playoffs last year, Jokeres going, Hamer going, it looks if Jokeres keeps up his current vein of form that he could get a move in January because he's got a 100 million euro release clause at Sporting. Now, for people or your fans who might not be aware, if he goes for that release clause, I think we can get anywhere between 11 to, 11 to 12 million euros, which is about 10 million pounds for that. So if he goes, we get an extra cash boost 
from him going that comes directly to us, which gives us more money to play with then in January. So if we find a target and we go for him, we're going to have the funds there. So it, going back to your point, it all depends on circumstances of A, the targets that we want become available and B, we think it's the right person to go for. And then a circumstance like Jokerez going from sport into somewhere else and us getting that funds allows us even more flexibility. As long as we keep ourselves in and around the position we're in now and then add to what we've got, who knows, mate, we could, we could, we could under Robbins, you never know what he can do with his teammate. And obviously he's got the backing of the, the crowd and the away fans and stuff like that. So just doing what we've doing, the support we've got, um, it will be, it will most definitely be an interesting run. Last time we were on, obviously we spoke about Tony Mowbray because he'd been in charge of views. He was doing a great job for us. And look, he, he did do a good job. He's recently yeah. departed, yes, but he's going to be remembered well. Now, there's a new man at the helm, so Mowbray's got no reason to be in this conversation, I suppose, but here we are. Um, I think, and I don't speak for, I'll never ever speak for every Sunderland fan. No one ever can. But I would say there's been more than 50% not, exactly enamoured with the appointment of Michael Beale, which hopefully we're all wrong with. <laughs> but from the outside perspective, looking in, Michael Beale comes in, and I think you can sometimes be a bit more objective when it's not your own club. What were your thoughts on Sunderland going for someone like him as opposed to, you know, the other people we were linked to, like the the European names and, and whatnot? Yeah, well, you were linked. It looked like you were, a lot of people saying you were going to get that Will Still, weren't you, from the French league? He was a name linked for a while. Um Beals, it's a weird one because at QPR, he did very well at the start. And his last game for QPR was actually against Cov. Correct scored two. He should have had a hat-trick in that game. And we beat them two. And it was just before the World Cup break, around November time, 2022. And then he left just after that. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting time at QPR. And it would have been interesting to see what he did. But then I didn't really... Didn't really follow him that much, if I'll be honest. I didn't know until all of this Sunderland stuff how hated he actually was by Rangers. I couldn't actually believe it. I thought he left and got sacked, but it was like, you didn't do great, but thanks for everything. Because he was Gerard's assistant, wasn't he, as well, previously as well. So I didn't think it was like that. And then I looked on Twitter and honestly, I saw threads, the lies of Michael Beale and a whole lot list of threads of stuff. And I just thought, whoa, where did this come from? And I thought, yeah, they're not going to be happy with this. But I thought you might would go for a, a Will Steel kind of appointment. Beale's an interesting one. It'll be interesting. I think, to be honest, I think your fans have just got to suck it up now and support him. Because I think if you don't get behind him, he's going to be in a world of trouble. Because ultimately, mm -hmm. Sunderland get 30-odd, 40,000 home fans every game. If half of them aren't really bothered about him or half of them don't want him to be there, he's he's, he's basically not going to have a good time because if you don't have the backing of the crowd at a club like that, you've you got, you got no hope. Like Ed, I hate to bring it up, but Eddie Howe is an example at Newcastle. The reason he's doing so well is their team isn't even that amazing on perspective. I said it last year. It's built off pure momentum of the crowd have bought into what he's doing and believe what, in what he's doing and support him. Like, that is what it literally is built off. And everyone knows up your neck of the woods, up, up sort of North Geordies, Maccombs. If you get behind your team, you, you, you're laughing as a manager because the minute you have that support, you, you're you going to have a lot of support behind you because football is life or death up that neck of the woods. If you support a team, you are literally Sunderland 
or Newcastle, or if you're a bit further over your Middlesbrough, you are literally one of those three teams, and that is all you live and breathe up that side of the that side of the country. If you lose Clark, as an example, because I think people will come in for him in January, I think that'll be a difficult one for you guys. If he could stay, that would be a real big benefit for you. I think Patrick Roberts will be another one that's. I know he signed a new contract with you guys. I think didn't he? But mm-hmm. I still think clubs, if they give a big enough bid. Sunderland aren't going to go, oh, no, sorry. If someone comes in with a ludicrous offer for him and says, oh, we'll give you eight million as an example, it's going to be hard to say, oh, no, no, we ain't got rid- we're not getting rid of him. The club are going to look at it financially and think, well, actually, he probably isn't worth that. We're probably actually making quite a bit of profit off him. So it, it depends really on what Beal does. If Beal comes in and, say, loses those two players and doesn't recruit players that Sunderland necessarily think of that standard or they're thinking, why are we going down this route? It could start to get a bit toxic because then the fans are going to think, well, you've just sold two of our best players and are now recruiting this style. We don't like this. Or he could keep them, bring in a few players and you could start to be a bit like what QPR was and get a bit of momentum. And before you know it, everyone could be fully, fully on board with him and he could have a completely different time to what he did at Rangers. So any new manager or head coach coming in, mate, it's always going to be a guessing game, isn't it? You have to wait out and see what you're going to do. Ultimately, it's going to be the right decision that the club made or another wrong decision that the club made. But the most important thing Sunderland, Sunderland fans, from my perspective, have got to do is is get behind him. Because if you don't, he's going to be in a world of trouble from the minute he starts, basically. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how you guys take to him this Saturday because we're going to come and be loud. I know people have been rinsing us for only selling a thousand and so on um and that was something i wanted to touch upon while i was on here and I, I didn't really buy into all this stuff on twitter that i've been seeing but people have got to understand although it's not a seven hour journey or whatever middlesbrough saying it was to swansea it's still a good three and a half or so hours two days before christmas we'll probably at least minimum take 15 to 1800 i think by the time it goes to general sales so you know, however many we have, we're going to make noise and we're going to be loud. So ultimately, your crowd have got to stick basically behind your team or else it, it could be a long afternoon for you. And that's not even just down to the new manager or new players. It could just be atmosphere plays a massive part of football, unfortunately. And I think a lot of people forget that you can have all the tactics and everything you do. But if your crowd aren't behind you and that energy isn't in the ground, the energy is the most important thing. And if you can feed off your fans you've got 40,000 of you that will be in there that can make it a difficult afternoon for us, but vice versa. If they're not, it could be a difficult afternoon for you guys. So I think ultimately it comes down to Sunderland and whether they they take to Beal or not and whether they suck it up and just go, look, let's get behind him or whether they, they really just aren't a fan of him. Beal or no Beal. Um... <laughs> Beal or no Beal, yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, two last ones for you. Uh, obviously, the predictions is going to be the final as it always is, but... You've seen the reaction to Beal, but like you're right in some senses that Sunderland fans, you know, when when everything's against you, you feel things are going the right way. You've got no other option than to get behind it and push the lads on. And I think Sunderland are quite good at doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you also don't really know what you're going to get from a Michael Beal Sunderland. We don't even know yet. So does yeah. this make Coventry's game harder or do you think it's more likely to be able to use, be used to your advantage? The appointment of Beal and it's been, it's been his first game. It makes it hard, but I think Robbins will probably set up on a basis of what he knows you do because it's going to be such a short turnaround. Mm-hmm. And he might even base off what he did at QPR because it probably will be a similar style to what he's done at Rangers and QPR. So he'll probably go off that mob, but you don't know 
what he's going to do. And ultimately, Robbins might change things up in that game because he might think, well, actually, they've not got much time to prepare. So if we do this, it's going to completely catch them off guard. So if we change it up and then switch in game, it, we could use that because he's not had long with his players. So he doesn't know what he's going to get from them in certain situ situations or scenarios. So I think you can use it to your advantage for sure, but we can also use it to, to our advantage as well in certain aspects. So it's going to be, put it this way, it's going to be a good footballing game because both teams like, especially us this year with the players we've got, we like to get it down and play. And I know that you guys do as well. So from an actual footballing aspect of it, it's going to be a very good, good game and like you said ultimately made made the best team win it will be another game of chess basically on saturday against you guys but in a different way in terms of none of us really have any big standout players like your leeds your southamptons and these teams but we do have very good players like hadji wright van ewak jack clark patrick roberts sakamoto these type of players are still very good players at this level so it will be It'll be interesting to see when we come to Saturday how we get on, but I definitely think it'll be an encounter that both teams will try and have a little bit of something different against each other and see what they can see what they can do. I don't know why I do predictions because I never <laughs> get them right. I've got a couple <laughs> right, and we're talking about. I said before, I don't know what the hell to expect from Saturday. I genuinely don't have a clue. Um, so I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here, and I'm going to say. Uh, Two one Sunderland, but I, I'm just saying that for the sake of just uh, that's the first goal that came in my head. Um, it's not with any heart or with any head that um you might have a bit more of an idea. But I don't. Well, know I actually I think I actually think it's going to be a goal fest. I think it's going to be three two to us because I predicted three all against Leeds. Sunderland wasn't that five, many goals, four, mate. Jesus, <laughs> not not five four again. Not <laughs> and we have had a goal fest with you guys before, so it wouldn't actually <laughs> surprise me. So um. You know, Christmas is that funny time of year. You always get mm -hmm. that game, don't you? Where you'll have a game, like you you have one nils, two one. Then suddenly you'll both just score an absolute shed load of goals in a game, and it'll be four four or three all or something. So I'm going to go three two cough um, on Saturday, and I think Sims might score as well. I'm going to stick my positive cough hat on, just like you try and will try and do with your son. And I think three two to three two to us. But one thing I will say about us that's happened recently with our two new centre halves, Liam Kitchen and Bobby Thomas, who we got from Barnsley and the goalie as well, Brad Collins. We've only in I think in the last seven games, we've only conceded two clear cut chances in both of those games from the statistics from the stats. So we don't actually give up a lot of like clear like you might have mm -hmm. snapshots and stuff, but clear, clear cut chances. We've only conceded two. And I think one of them was against Stoke when we drew nil-nil at home. And the other one was against Leeds. Uh, uh, maybe against Ipswich, there might have been a couple. I think it might, if you don't include the Ipswich game, I think bar that game, uh, the other seven that we've played or five, six or seven, whatever it may be, I think we've only conceded about two clear chances. So we don't actually give up a lot of chances if that makes sense so uh yeah i'm gonna go for a for a three two but it'll be in it'll be an interesting game either way mate we make loads of chances we just can't seem to score them especially on the road we so god knows we believe happen. me mate we struggle with the same we play birmingham at home and it honestly should have been about six 
at a minimum. It should have been at least six. We had so many chances to put that game to bed. It was a good job at O'Air knew where the net was that game. Mm. Or we'd have drew nil near with them and they were absolutely pony. They were the worst team I've seen up at the, at the CBS all season. They were horrific. They were awful. I've never seen gaps in between a midfield and defence as much as I have done against them. It was absolutely insane because I turned around to someone who was next to me and said, if this was Ipswich or Leeds, this would have been five or six easily. They'd have absolutely put these to the sword. So we both struggle with that aspect of the game of killing teams by scoring a couple of goals against them so um if we were both ruthless it could be a bit we could be having completely different conversations but ultimately at the minute I don't think either of us either of us are consistent at being ruthless enough so someone's got to take their chance I think Saturday or it's going to be a, it's going to be a draw so it'll be interesting to see mate but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it yeah me too actually yeah why not Ross, Merry Christmas, but not for Saturday. Hope you have an awful Saturday, um, <laughs> as you would expect. And I, I'm uh, sure you return that favour back. Oh, mate, massively. I hope uh, I hope all Sunderland fans have a great Christmas and New Year, but I hope we absolutely stuff you on Saturday and we leave the stadium light with another victory, or or at least not a, at least not a defeat like the previous two times that I've been there before. Um, but yeah, thank you for that, mate. I also just want to obviously give out. A quick shout out to obviously my podcast that I'm part of, mm-hmm, um, part of, of Sky Blues Extra. So obviously, if you guys could sort of give give a little shout out and a retweet. Obviously, we, I know you might not ever be interested in in Coventry stuff related, bar when you play us. But obviously, Sky Blues Extra, we're we're, we're a podcast that do all sort of. Coventry City stuff related and obviously we do review and preview sort of other teams there will be probably a Sunderland preview coming out at some point this week so if your fans want to sort of go and have a little little listen then obviously my profile you'll put out from Twitter and it's in mm-hmm. my in my link in my bio on on my Twitter I've got at Sky Blues Extra so if you click on that it will uh, it will take you straight direct to to our page and you can have a little listen if you if you want to but yeah I wish you obviously guys as 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 much as the as much as I can. I know we've got sort of this <laughs> this rivalry going on, but I wish you obviously because this would be the last time that we actually play you because we played you twice in 2023. Yeah. So we won't play you now until until next season. So obviously we'll be interested to see where we both end up this year and wish you sort of all the all the best for the rest of the season and and, and see what you do. But yeah, Merry Christmas to you all as well, mate. You as well, chap. Thanks for popping on. No problem. Take care.